we're so thankful that they uh, are having a blessed time. And I know that just being able to go and to see some of those places and realize that um, it gives you a better understanding of when it talked about they went from this town to that town or, or you get a better idea of when it would talk about even going down to this city and you literally, you find you have to go through the mountains and into the valleys to get there and uh, just to, to make the Bible come more alive. And so we're excited that they are enjoying it and I'm excited to be here. Um, I am Jeff Meeker. My wife and I head up the Marriage First team here at the church and uh, Sometimes you don't see us a lot on Sundays. We also do some itinerant ministry uh, throughout our region with a lot of churches that are currently without pastors. We've been filling in. So, but I'm just thankful that we get to be at our home church today. And Dave asked me to fill in. And I know each week we've been opening with our Galatians confession. I hope you guys have been keeping up with that. And I think we're going to put that up on the screen if it's ready. And uh, just to ask you guys... Uh, are we going to have the confession? Maybe, maybe not. Well, anyway, do you have your card with you? <laughs> you have the Jeopardy music going on right now. Well, I'm going to read it even if we don't have it up there. And I encourage you guys to do it too, but we've been opening with this. It says, I live by trusting in Jesus who loves me and gave his life for me. So I might live free and abundantly in him. I daily follow and trust in the Holy Spirit who leads me to love God and others. For the benefit of those in Christ and those who have yet to know him, I walk in humility recognizing my imperfections and give grace to everyone in their pursuit of Christ. Today, I surrender my life again to Jesus, allowing his character to be shown through me more and more so my life continually invites people into the family of Christ. Well, let's just open in a word of prayer and then we're gonna dive into Galatians 5. Lord, we are just so grateful that we have this opportunity to come together, to be joined together as a, a local body, that we are joined in this location, but also around this city of people that are seeking your face and desiring to know you more and have a closer relationship with you. Lord, we ask that you would anoint every pulpit that is preaching the word of God this morning, that your word would go forth and it will cause action to happen in the lives of the believers. Father, for our team that is over in Israel, Lord, that you give them just a supernatural visitation today as they walked where you walked and they begin to see the scriptures come alive to them. And for the rest of us here today, Lord, may we not leave like we came and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So as I said, we're going to be in Galatians chapter 5. And uh, if you just want to open up to there, we're going to kind of skip around that chapter a little bit. But the first verse is where we're going to open. How appropriate? The first one, right? It says in Galatians 5.1, For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. How many of you know when you began your walk with Jesus, something changed? You were no longer trapped in who you used to be. You no longer were a slave to sin. You've got a new identity, an infusion of the power of God come into your life. You became 
You move from being apart from God to being a child of God. And so often as, as believers, if we're not careful, we can get, find ourselves going back to the things that were not, as, were not godly, the things of our pre-nature before we came to know Christ. But it says here, do not submit again to the yoke of slavery, whether that's sin or even going into religion instead of a relationship with God. We go into, well, we have to do it this way. We have to sing this song. We have to have two fast songs and one slow song or else not worse. You know, you know the, what I'm talking about? People get into this idea of a form of godliness, but no power. But you know, we do not want to go back to being in the prison of our self, what we were before we came to know Christ. How many of you have ever seen the movie Back to the Future? Okay, so you all have seen that. In that movie, you see at the beginning, the mom comes, drops the cake on the table and says, your Uncle Joey didn't make bail again. You know, we have to eat our cake alone. And so then when he goes back in time and Marty is face to face with his little uncle in the playpen, the mother makes the comment, yes, Joey just loves that playpen so much, he cries every time we take him out, so we just leave him in there all the time. You know, and so then when you think back, well, he's in jail, he likes bars, it's security. <laughs> but you know, in our lives, we sometimes have done that to ourselves, that we've gone back to picking up worldly traits, worldly things out of convenience, out of ignorance, out of yielding to temptation. But God has set us free. What is freedom? In the Webster's 1828 dictionary, it says, a state of exemption from the power or control of another. Liberty, exemption from slavery, servitude, or confinement. Freedom is, both, is personal, civil, political, and religious. All walks of our life that we've been set free. 2 Corinthians 3.17 tells us this. It says, now the Lord is a spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. We don't have to walk all burdened down, all distraught from our past. We can walk knowing we are children of God, fully forgiven, fully in relationship with God, that we don't have to stay where we used to be. Probably the one thought I want you to grab today Freedom in Christ starts for the believer at that point of salvation, but that freedom continues and extends into eternity. You were set free, not just for that moment, but every day we have freedom until we go to be with Christ. And then all sin, all things will be put behind us. And when we're in face to face with the Lord, we will really be able to feel full freedom in Christ. You know, John 8, 36 tells us that if the sun sets you free, you're free indeed. So even when things want to come back, when, you want, when memories, when the enemy wants to whisper in your ear of what you used to be, how can you raise your hands in church? Remember when, no, I've been set free. My identity has changed. I am a child of God. But you know, even though we've been set free, we, and we are free in Christ, we continue to battle between the flesh and the spirit. Sometimes that's within us, but also it's from those around us. 
You know, in, in this, the book of Galatians, one of the things that Paul was referring to were the Judaizers that were trying to make people that were not Jews uphold the Jewish customs and go back into a form thinking that's how they were gonna get salvation. It wasn't. The salvation was done by the blood of Christ and the stripes he took upon his body. And when he said it was finished, it was finished. That's what we have to go by, not by a bunch of religious regulations. And, and he even says that in here. Who's tripped you up? Who's getting you to go into things that you don't need to for salvation? But in starting in verse 13, we're going to go there. It says, for you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. For if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. But I say, walk in the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other. It's kind of like having the little things on your shoulder. One, the leading of the spirit, the leading of the flesh. In our mind plays the battle. We've all been there, right? We all live there. Do I, don't I, do I say this, don't I say this? Going through Facebook puts us in that battle sometimes. What do I say? Do I, anyway. It says, but but if you are led by the spirit, you're not under the law. This conflict is something we walk in day by day. And some days we're walking more in the spirit. Other days we find ourselves coming a little bit carnal and acting out of our flesh. And thankfully, many of us have not, you know, we're not going fully into full-blown sin, but sometimes we just get carnal. And we don't yield when the Spirit says, be quiet, just pray, love them. But do you know what they said about my mom? Do you understand what they did? We can get into the flesh over the silliest things. And even believers fighting when we should be together, one as the body of Christ. We are one in the spirit. We are one in the Lord. Oh, okay. A little trip back to the 70s there, sorry. Uh, But you know, that battle is something that each of us face. And we have to realize we need to know what the spirit is leading us to because we can, the works of the, the flesh, it's going to bring destruction to our life. Some of those works you read in, you know, 19 through 20, you know, it's sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger. Oh, we don't see that, do we? Rivalries, dissensions, divisions. All I have to do is bring a couple teams. I could say a couple sports Uh, things right now, and we can have division here just like that. But we're not going to do that, are we? No. Envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, and I warned you before, but those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Sometimes we fight for things that are just a waste of our time, or we allow divisions to come and then we, like, I don't want to be with you. You like this. You do that. But it says the fruit of the spirit, 
there in Galatians 5.22 is love. Remember in uh, Corinthians, it says the greatest of these is love. First fruit in our life should be love. Love also covers a multitude of sins. We're not looking to find fault with one another. We're trying to help each other to grow more and walk by the Spirit. Love, joy, peace. Oh, wouldn't that be nice to see some peace in this world? Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Verse 24, and those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. All right, I know we have people here. How many of you are passionate about things? I know some of you yesterday, between blue and green, there were passions. In some houses, the houses were divided amongst. But you know, hopefully we keep those things just fun between one another and not holding such grudges that we sit on separate sides of the church from one another. But you know, I wonder how often we look at the passions and desires of the flesh and we truly take them to Christ and allow them to be crucified. That we tell ourselves that we don't need to walk and stay with those and feeding our passions instead of feeding that passion to know the spirit more and to hear his voice. Romans 6 tells us this way in verse 6. It says, we know that our old self was crucified with him in order that our body of sin might be brought to nothing and that we no longer be enslaved to sin. That's what sin does to us. It makes us a slave. It robs us of our joy. It robs us of true love. It robs us of that peace. Those things that should be the fruit of our life, sin robs those things. And why it, it replaces it with guilt. It replaces us with sorrow. It replaces us with bitterness. And as believers, we should be encouraging and speaking love and help and deliverance to one another. But it starts with us crucifying that flesh. Even in a, a couple of weeks ago, Galatians 2.20, when we were in there, it says, I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I gave myself up and said, Jesus, I want you to live through me. I am a vessel. You pour your spirit. You pour your power. You pour your healing. You pour your deliverance to those around me. I am willing. You live through me. And the power of the Holy Spirit comes and dwells the life of the believer. And it quickens our bodies so that we can be the power of God. Our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Are we living like the host that we're wanting it to, to dwell inside of us. But you see, if we've crucified our flesh and we've said that we want the spirit to be evident and that fruit to be flowing through us, then we have to, that freedom that comes from knowing Christ, it helps us keep our spiritual stride. You know, in this, in Galatians 
5, in verse 16, it says, I say, walk by the Spirit. Verse 18, it says, and if you are led by the Spirit. Verse 25, it says, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. We should be going somewhere. We're not just, okay, I'm saved, I'm gonna sit down and wait till heaven. The Spirit's leading us. He's drawing us in some, to something. That, that term, keep in step, I think in some translations it says walk, others it seems follow, but here, to keep in step means to contend with, to keep pace with, to run with, persevere, emulate, hold on. The Collins Dictionary takes that, the term of keeping in step as keep moving in unison or to a spe- specified rhythm. I don't know about you, have you, any of you have ever uh, run, like to get ready for, to run in a race or something? And you get out there and you mean, oh, I'm gonna go out and run. And you start off the first time you hit the road and you're running and that lasts about a half a block. And then all of a sudden you, you're grasping for air and because you're, you're going way too fast. To get ready to run a distance race, you have to do steps and train. And sometimes it's walking, sometimes it's, it's picking up that face. But the whole thing is having somebody coaching you to prepare. I one time, um, I had played a lot of sports when I was in high school and I did a lot of running, lots of running. Our coaches loved, believed in running. But I remember one of the guys in my church was training to, to be in a race. And so he, he invited me to go run with him. Well, I didn't know how fast I ran. And normally I think I was in the seven minute mile maybe. Well, he was on pace and training. To, he wanted to be under six minutes. He didn't tell me this when we started off and we were gonna do six miles that night. Oh my goodness, I thought I was going to die. My lungs were on fire, my legs were on fire, my arms were on fire, everything hurt. But you know, I can say we were under six minutes and he pushed to do that. And he was also about six inches taller, so his stride was a little bit longer. And guys with short legs have to work harder to keep up with guys with long legs. But you know, I say that because we need to be working to keep in step, in stride with what the Spirit is wanting to see. What he's wanting to do in Kalamazoo, what he's wanting to do in my home, in my workplace, in, in every place I'm going, am I in stride? Am I in step with what the Spirit is leading me to do? How many of you have ever seen another spiritual movie called Mary Poppins? Yeah, you know, yeah, remember that step in time when they, all the guys are up on the roof and they're doing all that dance and it's in unison and it's just amazing to see. And that's a lot of practice that they had to do just to film that scene because they had to know where everybody was gonna be as they're running up on the rooftops and sliding down and doing all those things. How about you and I? Are we keeping in time? Are we focusing our, for, on our spiritual footwork? to be where God needs us today, where he needs us tomorrow. In Proverbs 16, nine, it says, the hearts of a man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. He has a, a, a plan laid out for each one of us. You know what? I can't compare your steps to my steps because I'm not following you. 
The Spirit has a plan laid out for me. And I need to be listening. I need to be studying. I need to be hearing what he's saying so I'm in step where he wants me to be. We all know and have heard this for years in Psalms 23 the, about the good shepherd. What's it, what's it, it says in verse 2? He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And even the, when I go through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil because he's with me. He goes stride for stride wherever he has destined us to go. He doesn't leave us. He doesn't forsake us. So even when you and I are going through difficult times, he's right there. And if we will listen, he will tell us which way to go. Sometimes he may say, stop for a minute. Rest. Take back in. Fuel up for the next thing, for the next part of the race. John 10 27 says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Do we recognize the voice? Do we recognize our, the, the coach living inside of us? Do we know his voice clearly? Or is it just kind of a, well, I kind of had an idea, but I don't know what it means, you know, and we just kind of ignore it like a lot of other voices we ignore. <laughs> but you see, to know that voice we have to spend time with what he said. If you don't spend time taking the word of God and seeing what the spirit has already said, we won't recognize when he's speaking to us about what to obey and to do because he will not contradict what he's already said. You know, the scripture says that it was God breathed. It gave life, that same breath that gave us our physical breath at creation is the life that sustains us to walk according to the spirit. Because it says that the scripture was God breathed. It's, it's profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correcting, for training and righteousness. So that when you're walking down that path of, of righteousness for his namesake, you're in training. It says that the man of God might be competent, equipped for every good work. But James 1 also tells us, let's be doers of the word, not hearers only. Let's put it into practice. The world is looking for believers that truly believe. That don't just say, oh, I, I believe in Jesus, but I live because he's in me. His spirit is in me. I've been made a new creation. I live differently. I have something that gives them hope for their future. So we are to be a blessing. We need to be running our race, though, at the same time. Hebrews 12 tells us that we need to lay aside every weight and the sin that, so, that clings and trips us up so easily and that we can run with endurance the race that's set up before us. You know, most of us don't run races in combat boots or in work boots with steel toes, with all the gear. No, you're gonna run in shoes that you can't even hardly tell are on your feet, especially if you're competitive. You wanna get every ounce that could slow you down off of you. Why? You want to run your race without any distraction. 
Are we running our race? Are we dealing with our flesh, crucifying it, allowing Christ to live through us? So as a child of God, I, get, I ask, do I actively seek the leading of the Spirit in my life? Lord, what's your will? What do you desire me to do? What do you desire me to answer? Do I hear the voice of the Spirit? Again, if you don't know what he's already said, it's hard to hear what he's saying today. Do I, do I obey the leading of the Holy Spirit? It's one thing to hear what God has said. It's another thing to do it. I think of Peter in the midst of the storm and Jesus is walking on the water and he's like, if it's you, Lord, bid me to come out there. And he's like, come. Wait a minute. I got to get out of a boat onto a water. I've never walked on water in my life. I don't know if you've ever tried to about when there's a couple inches of ice on it. That's about the only good walking of water I do. But you know, he gets out because Jesus said, come. He heard his voice. He recognized that as the voice of Jesus and knew it was safer to be with Jesus in the midst of the storm than in a sinking boat without Jesus in there. Do I hear the voice? Do I obey it? But then that leads us into, do I journey with the Spirit, keeping in step, keeping in pace with his leading? Sometimes he might have us, and it seems like we're at a full-out run. And then there's other times it's a, a simple, just do this, do this. And it seems like, am I getting anywhere? But when we look back from where we've come from, we realize we have grown so much in our relationship with him. But are we going to keep in step with where he's leading today? As a church, are we going to keep in step with his leading as we reach out to our neighbors? We reach out to the community around us, loving those that are in need, bringing hope, deliverance, help. You know, for some of you, maybe you've never even entered into that relationship with him. You've never even begun a race yet. The fact that you're at church today is a step in a new direction. But you see, in 2 Corinthians 5, it tells us that if anyone's in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away. And behold, the new has come. It doesn't matter if we have tried to run our race and fallen, and all we hear is the voice of the accuser saying, you can't even, you, you trip over your own feet. You're no good for the kingdom of God. But you see, there's no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. Even if we've tried, maybe we've gone back and we became so entwined into to our worldly way of thinking. The scripture tells us in 1 John, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and, not just that, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It is all dealt with if we confess. 
All it takes is us going back and spending time admitting, confessing those sins, but allowing him to cleanse us. And we know that if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is, is Lord and believe in our heart that God's raised him from the dead, we are saved. It's with our hearts that we believe and it's justified and, when, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. We have the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of us as believers. If you don't have that, it takes saying, Jesus, come in. I don't want to run this race by myself because I can't do it. But he says, I will come in and I will run the race with you. Hallelujah. Well, Lord, we are just so grateful that you have done an awesome work in each and every one of our lives and that you continue to do a new thing in the city of Kalamazoo, that you want all those who are lost, that don't know you, to come to know you as Lord and Savior. Even today, Lord, we search our hearts. We want you to come in. Father, forgive us where we have, we've just totally dropped the ball. We've allowed sin. We've allowed the things of the world to come in and to cloud our vision. But Lord, we want your spirit to come in to wash us, to cleanse us and purify our, our hearts, our, our minds, and our souls, Lord, that we would live as children of the Most High God. Father, we thank you that you run that race with us, that your spirit is there to help us. And you promise that if we ask for help in our time of need, that you will be there for us. We give you thanks and we give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Mm-hmm.